This podcast is brought to you by Minimal Productions. Producer Jim Mintz. Bail is refused. You're out of order! If it pleases the court. To adopt this affirmation, please say the words, I do. I do. Nothing further from this court. Given the serious nature of this offence, this case is dismissed. Welcome to The Wigs. I'm your host, Jim Minns. In this episode, The Wigs discuss Vanderstock and Victoria, a very fiscally important recent decision of the High Court of Australia. The Constitution reserves to the federal government the power to levy excises, essentially taxes on goods. The issue in Vanderstock was whether the Victorian government's electric vehicle levy, charged to owners per kilometre of use, was in fact an excise and therefore constitutionally invalid. Victoria said no. The Commonwealth and Vanderstock said yes. In finding the levy invalid, the majority departed from decades of case law and potentially fundamentally altered the fiscal balance across the federation ladies and gentlemen welcome to the wigs it's lovely to be back in your ears i'm your host jim Minns, and i'm joined as ever by emmanuel kokosharian jim Minns, how are you i'm very good sir how are you going i'm overawed by this new studio fantastic it's another it's fantastic isn't it great yeah. setup they provided us with the good people at dm yes fantastic it's great it's great and reminded by that thanks to the microphone insignia can i welcome mr stephen lawrence mlc how are you sir good jim good to be here looking fit yeah, I've lost uh, a little bit of weight lately, if I might say so. Yeah, you're yeah, doing, right. doing really well. That exercise regime kicking in? You Mate, it's more the low-carb, low-sugar, or zero-sugar, yeah, mm, right. I think. Are you on the tuna and rice again? No, not rice. Oh, sorry. Oh, there's oh, carbs in rice. Wash your mouth out. Mm. Yeah, low-carb, high-protein. I have also been exercising. Yeah, well, it always helps. Felicity Graham, how are you? James, I'm great. It's so good to be with oh, you. We're, on, we're, on, we're, using, we're going back to those terms. Okay, that's good. Oh, I appreciate it. It's good. James. I welcome it. Are you well? Very well. How did Very the, well. How did the uh, sculptures on the farm? Oh, it was success. Superb. Yep. It was amazing. Cool. Yeah, 155 sculptures across nice. the gardens, paddocks, in the tractor shed. Huge. In yeah, an internal couple of internal galleries. It was it was amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. Great. Really cool. That's good. I'm glad. Another successful uh, year on the paddock. Yeah, That's and good. the exhibition's still running online. Oh, good. Even better. Yeah. Should we, do you have a dress or put sure. it in the liner notes? Sculptureonthefarm.com. Done. Too easy. I like it when it works that well. Manuel Kokosharian, you've got the first topic today. Vanderstock and Victoria, 2023 High Court of Australia, 30. Uh, what's the problem with electric cars? Mm, I know. Oh, yeah, you don't pay tax on the petrol that you use when you drive an electric car. So... Because you don't use petrol. Because you don't use petrol. Um, you might pay more in stamp duty because the car's more expensive, uh, but you don't. But that sweet petrol tax is missing for the state governments that charge it. So, um, Victoria passed a law that basically called the Zero and Low Emission Vehicle Distance Based Charge Act 2021. It's a very descriptive title, mm. uh, which basically charged a per kilometre charge for every kilometre driven in an electric car to electric car owners. It was on specified roads, but in practical terms, that was every road in Victoria. And Australia. And all all Sorry, and Australia. Australia. Yeah, quite right. All around Australia. It's not quite in the spirit of the transition, is it? Well, I mean, it's, it's if you happen to think that climate change is a real thing, taxing people out of electric cars is a bit of an interesting way to go about it. But someone has to pay for the roads, I suppose. That's the other way of looking at it. Mm. So... Anyway, um, the case turned, and as the plurality, Justice Chief Justice Kiefel 
Gaidler and Gleeson said it's the first time in the century that the High Court examined Section 90 of the Constitution. Um, Section 90 concerns the power of the Commonwealth Parliament to impose duties of customs and of excise. Excise. And it gives the Commonwealth Parliament uh, effectively an exclusive power. And over those things, right? So the exclusion of the states. So uh, once there's all these transitional provisions, but essentially uh, now the Commonwealth Parliament has exclusive powers over duties of customs and of excise. So there's two phrases there, really. There's duties of customs and duties of excise. Um, There are two cases that the plurality sort of speaks of relies on in, in the main, and one is called Capital Duplicators Number 2 and the other one's called HA, H-A. Um, huh. And, yeah, huh, indeed. And <laughs> what they say is that a duty of customs is a border tax. So when you import or export a good, you're taxed on doing that. That's a duty of customs. A duty of excise is an inland, quote-unquote, inland tax mm, on goods. intra well, not necessarily intrastate, it's uh-huh. inland. Uh-huh. So it's it's like if you're not taxing things that are coming over the border in mm. importing them, if you're putting your tax on goods inland, then that is, according to the plurality, a duty of excise. And that's whether it's at the time of sale or at the time of distribution or the type of manufacture, right? Is so an excise is a charge on a good, is it? That's right. Yeah, so not on a service. Not on a service. Was yeah. that a state-based tax? The fuel tax. The fuel. Sorry, which tax? The, the this v- this EV levy. Yeah, so this was a tax that Victoria had passed, um, and I think New South Wales either has on the books or is coming was was to come onto the books. And am I jumping the gun by asking this question? Yes. Hence the unconstitutional nature of a state. That's right, yeah. So the, the, the question was, can Victoria pass a tax mm. that taxes EVs, electrical vehicles, on a per kilometre basis? Well, considering, can the states pass taxes at all? Well, I mean, they can. Well, they... Right. But, but not excise. But not, but not excise, excise duties. Not, not duties of excise. Right? So another because example of Section 90, of it, which says that that shall become exclusively the domain of... Commonwealth. And isn't there isn't there another section that states, and I'm forgetting my constitutional law, but really taxation is reserved to the federal government? Certain types. Yeah. Isn't it all taxes? No, no, absolutely no. not. There's heaps because, of state taxes. Well, there are, but they're not real. They're more levies. I think that we're talking about this section. All right. Yeah, anyway. I'll bow so out. another example of an excise would be a charge on cigarettes, right? Well, Which is federal. Quite. But they're all federal. Quite. Yeah, and that's federal indeed. Yeah, but there was a case about that, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll come to that as I go. So that, that cigarettes is an interesting example, right? So um, what the plurality says is that capital duplicators and HA left open the question of whether a tax on goods at the stage of consumption, whether by use or destruction, answered the description of his duty of excise. Oh, point of consumption. Right. So there's normally some other point, isn't it, really? Yeah. Up to yeah. but not including consumption was the previous position. Like sale or distribution. Yeah, or, yeah it's right. interesting. So there was a case called Dickinson's Arcade in Tasmania, 1974-130 CLR-177, which is the tobacco tax case, 
in which a majority of four to two said that a tax imposed on goods at the stage of consumption did not answer the description of an eat size. But that case predated, I think, both capital duplicators and Haas, certainly one of them, I think both of them. Um, and that case... So Victoria asked for the two previous cases, capital duplicators and Haas, to be reopened and overruled. The plurality, the majority, in fact, said no. Um, Dickinson's arcade was overruled, though, in effect, by this judgment, right? Now... This judgment is extremely long. There are multiple judgments with multiple indexes in them and so on. Mm. I'm not and it was a 4-3 split, so it's not as if there was some consensus position from the court yeah. at the end of the examination of all the issues. Quite. And three of those judges wrote together and one of the, the fourth judge wrote a separate judge, concurring judgment. Um, so the plurality says starts with sort of a discussion that's headed the illusion of etymological certainty mm. uh, after which they go written by Edelman I wonder <laughs> <laughs> no that's not I don't think it is Edelman no no. Um, but they go into uh, Oops, I've just admitted to not reading this sorry. It's uh, there's some fantastic there's some fantastic language <laughs> yeah, in this judgment I'll join you in that uh. <laughs> needing to be recorded at the outset is the inconvenient and somewhat irritating reality that the word quote unquote excise had no certain connotation or core meaning, core meaning at the time of its adoption and enactment in the Constitution. They then go on this long historical analysis from pre framing of the Constitution through framing, then what Quick and Garen said about it, um, the early cases, they go on and on. Um, there was some cases, some state taxes on the sale of newspapers hmm. that were held to be invalid. There was some taxes on motor spirit. I'm not quite sure whether that is petrol or not. But or anyway, oil. Maybe it's oil. Maybe it's oil, but mm. they were held to be invalid. Um, anyway, it goes on for a fair bit. Um, and it was part of the argument by the Victorian government that if you were to interpret the excise, the, the scope of an excise on goods in the way contemplated or ultimately found that things like vehicle registration charges, waste disposal levies, gaming machine levies, other betting taxes could be vulnerable, could be on the chopping block, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And there's, I've, I've, I've got a sort of list of things that people are saying might now actually be on the chopping blocks, and I'll come to that in a minute, but yeah. So, so Manny, just, just by way of query, how is the tax in this case collected or the excise collected? Is it on how many kilometres you drive? That's right. Yeah. So, you so how do you report, become like you have to report? You have to report wow. how many kilometres, or if you didn't report, there was some set number of kilometres they charged. You, if you they drive deemed, an EV, you got to report. You got to report the amount of kilometres you drive in an EV car. Yeah. They deemed the debt you owed a la robo debt. Yeah. And they presumably had regulatory powers to enforce that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a state debt in a, just like any other, right? And I, actually, I didn't go back and check the Act as to see, to see whether or not they just pulled your rego or how mm. they did it, but mm. one way or another, if you didn't, it was a fee that you had to pay every year. Yeah. Um, so they then go on to boil it down to really... Um, well, sorry, then they go on another journey through the case law. They talked about the high constitutional purpose... Um, the creation and fostering of national markets 
which would further the plan of the Constitution for a creation of a new federal nation and would be expressive of national unity. That's a quote from a case called uh. Betfair. But so the plurality in particular talks a lot about the Constitution was really talking about creating this common market in Australia. Um, and consistency in how excise is levied. Yeah, which, uh. is not, which is not an unreasonable proposition. And they talked about Section 92, which is that section that says trade within the Commonwealth is to be free and so is intercourse between the states, which we learnt incidentally during COVID doesn't mean that states can't lock down borders. Mm. But they spoke about that. And so is this in the context of the Constitution having having this term on the imposition of uniform duties of customs, trade, commerce, intercourse, that this notion of uniformity that once the federation is established and there's this then umbrella over the states that 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 then sorry jim's just just adjusting my mic (laughs) yeah thanks mate that that then is kind of the desirable outcome that there is this uniformity and so you don't want to have states doing lots of different things that will impact on trade and commerce, people's purchasing behaviours, yeah, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. So what they say in paragraph 80 is, you know, the, the purpose, they say, quote, restated in light of capital duplication one, is to give the Commonwealth Parliament exclusive control of the taxation of goods so as to ensure that the execution of whatever policy the Commonwealth Parliament might choose to implement through the enactment of uniform laws of trade, commerce or taxation could not be hampered or defeated by a state or territory tax. Mm. Right? So that's, that's it. It's like we're going to have this one market, the Commonwealth's going to be in control of it. Um, and then they go through, so after they go through all that discussion, they go through a discussion again through the historical narrative. Um, And I think, for me, the most sort of interesting and controversial part of the plurality's decision comes from a part that they excerpt from Justice Stephen in a case called Logan Downs, which is contrary what they find. And Justice Stephen said, a tax upon goods which has reached the hands of the ultimate consumer will on the contrary, imposed quite direct form of taxation upon their owner. The goods will not pass out of his hands, bearing with them as a component of their price the tax imposed upon them. Instead, the tax will lie where it falls upon the owner. It will thus lack the quality of a duty of excise and be a direct tax upon the owner, the goods only providing the means of identifying the person mm. to be taxed. That makes sense to me in this context because sure if you look at it that way, it becomes really a tax on an activity rather than a tax on an EV. That's right. Doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, it, it's quite persuasive. What, what the plurality says in response to that is three things. Um, this is from paragraph 120 onwards. They say, firstly, that proposition is too absolute, right? Um which it is. I mean, you can read what Justice Stephen, what the part that I just read out there is quite an absolute proposition. But I'm sort of reminded of um, 
the Casablanca test, Justice Stewart's definition in Miller in California about porn, you know, that you know it when you see it. Can't define it, but you know when you, you see know it. When you see yeah. it, right? Like, sure, it is absolute, but on the other hand, you you know when you when attacks is really being directed. Um, at like, the I mean, good, you can imagine right? people saying, I'm not going to buy an EV, there's a tax on those. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's sort of the way the plurality reasons. Mm. Yeah. I know, except that, I mean... Well, so anyway, so I'll keep going. The, the, the second thing they said in response to that was it assumes that you can't sell the good on a secondary market. Um, sure, and you can resell cars, but I don't know that that goes very far. I mean... It assumes you can't resell the good on a secondary market. Yeah. I.e. it's not an excise because you can re- you can resell it without the excise being no, liable. No, so, so Justice Stephen was saying in Logan Downs that Look, it's not an excise because it's on the person. And they're saying, well, when he says that, he's assuming that the person... You can't really say there's an ultimate owner of a car because the car can always be on sold. Mm. And, I mean, that's oh, true. Okay. Yeah. But you could always impose a tax at the time of sale that would match the definition of an excise mm. as opposed to this, in my view. And the other thing they said was that he didn't have reference to the purpose of Section 90 um, as discussed as I mentioned earlier and discussed in later cases. Um, again, I'm, I'm not sh- so sure I'm all convinced. I'm, I'm so convinced by that. Um, interestingly, at paragraph 132, they note that both Victoria and the Commonwealth were agreed that, excuse me, prospective changes in monitoring and billing technology are now likely to increase the feasibility of imposing and recovering taxes on the consumption of goods. So like your EV, I mean, I'm sure you had to report it back, but I'm sure that if you drive a Tesla, Elon Musk's companies know how many kilometres you've driven. And that's only going to increase, right? Like they, mm. you could tax, you put my phone in my wallet, you could tax how far I walk, yeah. mm. potentially, with all the data that's going through. And so the plurality said if the states and territories are const- constitutionally prohibited from these sorts of taxes... Better to make that plain now rather than later, which mm. I think is probably a fair proposition. Just um, because the technology is going to only improve, so l- let's add a level of principle, state the yeah proposition before things get out of hand. Yeah, although whether or not that's what this judgment achieves, I'm not so sure. Mm. Um. Because then they what what they boil it down to is a couple of questions really. Um, does the charge bear a close relationship to the use of the electric vehicles, and does the charge affect electric vehicles as article of commerce? And the plurality says yes, it does. Mm. And so they say, well, it's a it's an excise because it has a reasonably anticipated effect on the pattern of demand for the electric vehicles. Mm. Which that's I, definitely right. Which it does. I mean, mm. that's but I don't right. know if that's actually connected to the reality, at least as it currently exists, and presumably the High Court's considering this in the context of the market reality that exists. So I, I read this interesting piece by, um, by Benjamin Clark. Um, on Crikey, I think it was. Yeah, Crikey. 
gutting Victoria's electric vehicle tax is no progressive win. And he talks about how the High Court's result was greeted warmly by Victorian Greens and progressive groups as a huge win for the climate um, and how um, electric vehicles could drive down the emissions. Mm. Um, But at the moment they only made about 8% 8% of all new cars sold in the first half of 2023. So even though that's a record high, it's just, you know, it's not going to make the difference that's needed. Um, and then he goes on to kind of examine a bit more what this EV tax means in kind of dollar figures compared to the fuel tax and says Victoria's EV tax was already concessional in, in the sense that it already um, – acknowledged that EV drivers um, aren't as responsible for the emissions and Mm. um, the the sort of costs to um, the environment. Um, I.e. it was lower than the petrol excise. Yeah, so that it was 2.8 cents for each kilometre they travelled, but non-EV drivers' excise works out approximately to be 5 cents per kilometre. And then there's a $100 registration discount for EVs in Victoria. And so overall, their drivers are paying much less tax than other road users. And then he goes on to say, arguing that such a comparatively small sum will deter take-up of EVs when the cheapest Australian EV costs around $45,000 is spurious. Anyone who can fork out half the average full-time yearly salary for a car isn't going to be deterred by an extra few hundred dollars per year. The factor suppressing EV take-up is clearly the upfront cost, which governments can more effectively help with via direct subsidies and imposing fuel efficiency standards on manufacturers, which encourage them to invest more heavily in mass market EVs. And his ultimate conclusion is there's nothing progressive about neutering the taxation power of state governments which directly provide the bulk of Australia's social infrastructure like schools, hospitals, transport networks, and that states should be able to tax as much as their voters will support. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that I buy that reasoning. I think that people in the pub will say that there would be people who just go, oh, but they're taxing that now. But do so they say, oh, buy, but they're taxing you know. fuel now? No, they don't, but it doesn't matter. I mean, well, the, the practical effect is not everybody is rational. It's like I've got a 20-year-old Holden. Am I going to buy a new EV? Oh, well, what's the point? I'm going to have to fork out 40 grand and then I don't even get all the full fuel savings because the bastards just whacked a tax on it. I mean, you can see that discussion happening everywhere. Now, you know. Mm. And if you're going to look at it through the you know, prism of whether it's progressive or not, I mean, there's, it's commonly been thought that there's, some, there's generally something more progressive about the centralisation of power in a federal system and the capacity of the federal government to, to take control of things. Well, what and could then, they do? And then spill the buckets of money down to the states Well, that's, al- that's already the case, right? Yeah. Like there's already, what do they call it, vertical fiscal imbalance? So what? Yeah. Are, I mean, the so GST. The feds are pumping so the what do you do? You, you, ta- you the feds put in this legislation in lieu of the Victorians. Yeah. They get it and they feed it through the GST. I mean, yeah. that could be one result of this, right? But then but it has to apply to everyone. And is the federal government willing to capitalise at the expense of one state to the detriment of the voting public in another state? Maybe. I mean, it'll depend, right, on the fiscal situation and whether the feds decide to do it on a policy level. But I don't know. I just think that 
a lot of the progressive things that have happened in Australia have been federal. And the enhancement of federal power has tended, this is a massive generalisation, but I think it's tended to, you know, better social outcomes. Mm, yeah, I'm not against well, it. I'm, I'm just thinking that. like... Yeah, I mean, it's a huge generalisation, but anyway. I mean, how do you overcome it and then put it in place? You get the feds to run it. Yeah. Do the feds run it specifically for the Victorians? Well, they can't. The trick is to abolish the states. It's not like... Hang on a minute. you've got a fallback career. But you can go back to Dubbo local... Dubbo, um, what is it? Dubbo Wellington Regional know. Council? I wouldn't want to assume that. <laughs> I swear to God, just It'd come be back... up to the people. I heard that this state... You know, you pay rates for your council, right? You pay capital gains... Sorry, you pay stamp duty. These are these sideways games that the states and the councils play because... The federal, the taxation powers come specifically from the feds. Yeah. Well, most of it was meant to be, the GST was really meant to abolish almost every state tax. And it abolished a lot of them, but some of them hung around. And of course, there's always creep back up. Mm -hmm. And constitutionally, the states can levy income tax, yeah. for example. The states don't. H how and can they? And haven't since World War II. They can. Because there's no prohibition on it in the federal constitution. Yeah. But oh, because it's not answer. a tax on goods. It's not. But yeah. they do it through payroll, don't they? Yeah. The states don't levy income tax. They do do payroll tax, yeah. We'll come to that. So let's keep okay. going. Let's keep going. So the dissents in this judgment are fascinating. Um, probably too long to read all in their entirety, but they're fascinating. Justice Edelman, in an astonishing paragraph at 651, says this, the extension of the essential meaning of an excise to a tax that has a reasonably anticipated economic effect on a pattern of demand, as was sought by the plaintiffs in the Commonwealth, involves a neglect of precedent. It means Justice Ditson was wrong, Chief Justice Ditson was wrong, Justice Kiddo was wrong, Justice Ta and it goes on for about 15, oh, ju 15 judges. I saw Each of them cited, <laughs> and he ends with that list can after today also include Justice Gordon, Justice Stewart, and me. He's <laughs> 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 three pages of that. He's in go. good company. He's in good company. <laughs> um, but Justice Edelman points out that look, there used to be th the, the position was three things. It had the tax used to have an used to have a real and substantial economic effect in the market for a sale of goods, right? The economic effect must be on the supply side of that market, so not on the demand side. And the economic effect must be a direct effect in the market rather than an indirect effect due to an economic effect in a different market, right? So that used to be mm. the position. And what Justice Edelman points out, I think, correctly, is that they've done away with the last two. And really the only question is, does the tax have a real and substantial economic effect in the market for a sale of goods? Hmm. And if it does, it answers the description of an excise. Um, Justice Gordon in her said, said uh, it changes the constitution in part of her dissent. Um, Justice Stewart took the view it wasn't a tax on good at all. Um, what did what did her honour think it was? Well, just that it, it was a sort of it was a tax on use rather right, than a tax right, on right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the effect, for my part, I think I agree with the dissenters, um, mm. but it's going to affect 
There was electric vehicle charges <coughs> slated to come in in New South Wales and Western mm. Australia. Yeah. Uh, some bloke called Chris Minns said um, puts pressure on the New South Wales budget as soon as the decision came out, um, particularly in relation to lost revenue and so on. Um, the other state taxes that people are saying are at risk include things like the duties on transfer of conveyances. So if you're buying and selling, mm. right, your car, I mean, that kind of falls into one of the examples mm. that's discussed. Uh, motor vehicle duties, rego charges, mm. I'd like that to go away. Mm-hmm. Aren't they more fees though? Is well, that, well, this sure is what this I was trying to talk about. Yeah, well, Siri doesn't know. We've got a fourth Siri. Well, so think about it, right? If I'm paying rego on a car... That affects whether or not I'm going to buy the car, doesn't mm. it? And yes. if the rego is two grand, like that may be more, that it may have more of an effect on whether or not I buy a car than paying a couple of hundred dollars in a per kilometer fee. And it's yeah. not a processing fee, right? Like rego is not a processing fee. Yeah. It's not the cost that the state accrues by registering your vehicle and running that sort of department. Right. The state makes money from it, as I understand it. Mm. My personal favorite gaming machine levies. Mm. Gaming machine. Levies, <laughs> right? If you put a tax yeah. on pokies... That's a tax on use. Well... You don't buy the poker machine though, do you? Does that matter? I think you do, don't you? Don't, don't the casinos buy the poker machines? Yeah, but but is that a service then? Or? Oh. Because you're just using someone else's poker? Maybe I would buy... Maybe I'm a pub who would buy fewer poker machines... Who would buy more poker machines if there was more... If there was less tax on mm. them. Right? Um... Taxes on, like, gifts of goods or inheritance of goods. Payroll taxes for companies that produce goods. Now, that seems like a stretch to me, but people are talking about that, right? So if you have a payroll tax, it affects the price of the good. It affects the market. Mm. Mm. Even though it's a tax on employment. Even though it's a tax on employment. It's the production of the good rather than the use of the good. But what's the conceptual difference? Mm. Well, quite. Mm. Um, if it has a down-the-line impact, then it's caught. They're going to need some good people in state parliament to work this out. Um, taxes for a licence to carry on a business. We taxed on our bar fees. We better check that. Um, anyway, uh. there you go. So any kind of user pays provisions, um, congestion levies potentially, if we're, I don't know that we've got any yet, but there's always talk of congestion levies. Um, I don't think that payroll tax would be. I think there's enough judgments about that. that mm. But, you know, it puts all this up in the air, mm. you know. And what about, like, charges on that go to design things, like royalties on designs, that kind of thing as well? I was well, going to say, that's a royalty, isn't it? Like, I think royalties are well-established, kind of different thing, isn't it? Doesn't like, a royalty's a tax on... For someone else to use your thing, right? Like in the state, in the case of minerals, your minerals. In the case of copyright, your copyright. Yeah, but but what if it impacts the extent to which people use it? Isn't that a market effect? Just because that's an essential characteristic of an excise on this doesn't mean that it defines an excise, does it? Mm. I don't know. Anyway, puts a lot of things up in the air. I think... I think ultimately there'll be that will come down a bit when in practice, and the, the dissents will kind of start to provide some limits on that. But well, did they overturn authority to get to this? They did. Yes. Yeah. The tobacco, the 
the tobacco tax case they overturned. I know the law's the law, right? But 120 years into federation with well-established sort of governmental fiscal arrangements, it's a big call, isn't it, to just start engaging in arguably esoteric legal sort of analysis to do something like that? Mm. Yeah, it just creates an unnecessary admin cleanup, really, yeah. because the roads have got to be fixed. These EVs are going to come in and take over. And yeah. how are we going to keep the up upkeep? I think the big problem. I think the big problem <laughs> is got to do something. <laughs> the law is the law. I mean, with tech, the point that I made earlier that with tech, you'll be able to charge everything that anyone does. You'll be able to break down into the mind. Tap into new mm. revenue streams. Do they talk? For my part, I'd rather have the federal government doing that than the states. Sure. Do they no. talk about the um, the relevance of that, of how established the arrangements are? Do they talk they do. about they that do. as a factor that, like, we need to be very sure that... And so, interestingly, there was... Victoria, as, as I said, asked to reopen capital duplicators and HA, and the court unanimously said, no, you we're not reopening those cases. But then the majority reopened um, the... Cigarette tax case, the tobacco tax mm. case. So, who um, brought this case, by the way? Was it the Commonwealth or EV users? No, no. Well, the Commonwealth joined. Yeah, um, Vanderstock. Van so, the Commonwealth argued for invalidity. Yes, did they? That's they interesting. Did, yeah, they they joined, and all the states intervened. They all as well. intervened, and they argued for validity. Presumably, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, and, and it may be, you know, a case as big as boilermakers. You know, in terms of. Mm. finally sealing the fate of the state's ability to tax people. Um, big, you know, uh, yeah. Well, I was under one assumption that was proved incorrect today, so there you go. <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe you're right. Maybe the states can't tax anymore. Well, that's what yeah. I got taught. listening please like the wigs on facebook at the wigs podcast don't forget to rate and review on itunes this podcast was brought to you by minimal productions produced by jim mitts <laughs>